Welcome to Hannah's Heart. So Hannah, she's just one of the women who did struggle with infertility in the Bible. No matter who we are, we can be inspired by the fact that Hannah took her pain to God and God heard her and was with her. So when she was praying at the temple, she had been weeping and not eating and her lips were moving, but her eyes were closed and the priest was like, why are you drunk at the temple? Because <laughs> yeah. it can become an obsession when you want Wanting a child so deeply. And desiring that baby and to be a mama. Every holiday, every Mother's Day. This is not a show that's going to promise you a certain outcome. But this is a show that says, however God answers your cry, we know that He's enough. Hi, I'm Kendra. And I'm Ann. And you are listening to Hannah's Heart on American Family Radio. Today, we are going to talk about the mental and spiritual aspects of walking through infertility. So, um, Kendra, what are some of the mental or emotional ways you might have struggled um, through this journey so far? Great question. (laughs) Let's go deep fast. (laughs) Yes. You know, I noticed that the more I researched, the more appointments that I went to, and the more my mind was engaged with the topic of infertility, the more the spiritual aspects, um, the mental struggle became Mm -hmm. a problem Mm -hmm. for me. And so there have been a couple temptations that I have had during this journey. I a list person, so I have a list of four temptations that I have faced um, that have increased while dealing with infertility. Mm. So, um, and specifically while being proactive about your fertility, because I think it would be easy to just say, you know what, I'm just going to trust God and he's just going to give me a baby and I don't have to do all of this. And and sometimes God does do miracles in our lives. And I don't want to... um, Take away from Take that. away from that. But, but I think, yes, we live in a fallen, broken world, right. and God often uses medicine. He often uses those things. And um, we don't want to be lazy as, a, right. as believers when God says, oh, you know, I wanted to give you a baby through seeing a doctor mm-hmm. to help with this mm-hmm. problem. So here is my temptation, number one. See if this feels familiar to you. First temptation is to feel like everything rests on me. Mm. So, mm-hmm. and I don't know about you, but I think women are more likely to be the list checker offers. Yeah. And we're more likely, we know more That's about how it is in my household. Our fertility yeah. because we we know what days are, we're right. fertile. And so guys don't tend to keep up with all of that. Mm-hmm. And so just between the couples, I felt like the burden was a little heavier on me. But I also felt like I was tempted to, to not realize that God is the author of life and mm-hmm. I can do all of this but unless he, he says so yes yeah D- do you feel that way with your oh, yeah. family I, I feel um maybe mine is also in a different way because I was the one with the quote-unquote problem mm. and so I felt like I was definitely the cause of our financial problems of mm-hmm. our you know so many things that go into fertility or infertility um so you so, took yeah. an extra burden with that yeah, I feel like I did. Not that Will ever laid that on me. I did that strictly to myself, and I let the enemy definitely d- do that, put that on, on me whenever it shouldn't have been. You know, I think you've brought up mm-hmm. in past podcasts how you know we are one in this, and so mm-hmm. um, you and your husband, my husband and I, um, and so yeah, it was just as much as Will's struggle as it was mine. But since I was the one physically causing it, uh, mm-hmm. I definitely think it hit me in a different way than what it did. For Will. 
Um, I think that it's it's helpful sometimes to just say out loud, God, I trust you and oh, you're yeah. in control because yeah. you feel so out of control mm-hmm. in this. And you're there's, I, I struggle with control issues. You know, it's like, I'm trying to control, like I want all of this to magically work together and us yeah. to have a baby and timing. And I'm always getting very ahead and I'm thinking nine months in mm-hmm. advance mm-hmm. and staying in the moment is very difficult. So just saying, Lord, I trust you. I would be driving and I would say that out loud and it would bring peace to me. And I was like, sometimes I wouldn't even feel it. I would just say it. Yeah. Um, and it would bring peace to me. Yeah. Just to acknowledge that. The second temptation that I had was the temptation to give into anxiety. Um, do you feel like infertility make you made you go a little cry cry? No, Kendra, <laughs> not at all. No, I felt completely sane. Completely sane. Oh, man. Um, yeah, definitely. I mean, so we've talked about that we're due in January. We're going to have a baby. But I th- I've been open with you about this um, and with Will. Um, infertility still affects me today. Mm. You know, when I don't feel her kick a few times a day mm. and I've felt more kicks other days that's exactly the first thought that comes into my head it's not it's not going to work again and so um and we had a scare early on in pregnancy where I was taken to the emergency room for bleeding and for really bad pain and that's exactly what I thought I didn't I didn't honestly feel sadness at first Mm. I immediately thought I knew this was going to happen and I didn't you know everything ended up being okay yeah I feel like I kept myself detached almost from this life growing inside of me to protect my heart from getting hurt again because we we have four babies in heaven right now we had super super early miscarriages they're considered chemical pregnancies but they're still a miscarriage to me because I do I know you believe the same way that life begins at conception and so um yeah the thought that like this is still gonna go through she's gonna be here in January and be healthy is still a daily struggle for me and I didn't know Will struggled with that but he literally said the other day and I literally have to pray Mm -hmm. that every single day that I don't have to worry you know that I will give that worry I guess to the Lord um because he like you just said he he is good he's always good you know um and so uh, yeah, it's still just kind of crazy to believe. That's so helpful to hear that anxiety is something that you even struggled with after conceiving. Yeah. Because I think when you're like in my position waiting, you're like, if we just get that baby in mm-hmm. the oven, I mm-hmm. can relax. And that's you know? what I thought. Yes. <laughs> but recognizing that we want to be careful not to establish patterns in our life that will carry deep into motherhood. And mm-hmm. I thought about that. I thought, Lord, if, if we ever do get a baby, you know, SIDS is so sad. Oh, yes, Sudden instant yes. death syndrome, whatever. I think that's what it's called. Uh-huh. And um, scares the tar out of me. Uh-huh. I think, what if I get one and that happens? You know, right. I thought you are preparing to be a helicopter parent, Kendra, before you even have a baby, uh-huh. you know. Um, and anxiety does. We, we go to the absolute worst. And I remember um, with going through our, our mini stimulation IVF cycle and there were so many details and I was like if I get one of these messed up I might throw this whole thing off you know and I'm like what if I for what if uh-huh. I forget Talk and I take an ibuprofen yeah, yeah you feel that pressure yep. and then I think one thing that helped me was just thinking you know what even in the darkest pit, even if I mess it all up, even if this doesn't work out, I know God is with me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that um, knowing he's there through that is what <laughs> really mm-hmm. helped us. And, and we did. We, we also had a chemical um, a chemical pregnancy, an a early, early miscarriage. And um, 
that was tough. Yeah. But I also know he's going to be with me if that happens again. Right. Um, one of the verses, which everybody quotes Philippians 4, 6, but um, I like that it says, you know, do not be anxious about anything, anything. We don't have an ex- like. It doesn't you're say not given maybe ex- infertility. Infertility, we get it though. You're right. allowed to be anxious right. about that. But in everything, with prayer and petition, present your request to God. And so mm-hmm. I think I would go through these phases of being so anxious. And then I realized people would be like, oh, we're praying with you. We know you're, we know you guys are praying for a baby. And I'd be like, I haven't prayed in weeks. Yeah. I've just uh-huh. been scared and uh-huh. nervous. And like, why would I not take my anxiety to the Lord and lay that at his feet? So it was very con- convicting to me. And mm-hmm. I so often would forget t- to pray. And so then I started, anytime I had to do something that was proactive, I would pray over it. So literally I'm picking up my medication today as I'm, you know, at CVS, Lord, I know you're the author of life and may this medication be a part of your plan, you know, and just whatever steps it is, invite him. Use it for your kingdom. So the the next temptation I had was the temptation to think that seeking fertility assistance was not trusting God. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you ever, is it just me? Did you ever have where you're like, oh, if I go get medicine, if I go do this, then I'm not trusting him. He can just give me a baby. You did? Oh, yeah. I I mean, I had people to say that. Are you serious? (laughs) To question that. Really? Do you really feel like you're trusting the Lord? How? It's all in his timing. You need, all you have to do is trust in God. And when they would say that, they meant well, I feel like. But they're assuming but you're not trusting God that, by saying right, that. by saying, all you have to do is trust in the Lord. And it's like, I, I've trusted him since I was six years old, mm-hmm. ma'am. You know, um, obviously that looks different when you're six and then when you're 26. But um, yeah, that that definitely played a part in my life for sure in questioning and why um, can't you trust god to use a doctor and to for use sure. fertility I mean, why he's can't? made those people to yeah. be smart and my doctor i'm so thankful he is openly a professed christian and he would talk to us about that mm-hmm. um whenever we would go and talk about life and so um he he was very open about that. So I was very, very thankful um, for him doing that. So Eric helped me at one point because I was getting in my head about not trusting God because I was thinking about this and I was feeling emotions of like, I haven't had this. And he sat me down and he said, Kendra, you are allowed to be human. God knows that you're human. And being sad and wanting a baby doesn't necessarily mean that you don't trust God. (laughs) You are inviting him into that and you're allowed to experience human emotion in the midst of it. Yeah. Yeah. That was so helpful to me (laughs) because I felt guilty. I felt guilty for feeling the things that I was feeling like, Oh, you're not trusting God. And, and I was think, well, what if God's plan is for me to adopt and I have to surrender the idea of having biological children? Am I fighting him on that? What if that is his plan? And it was like, you know, um, even if that is his plan, if if that's the route he he directs us, he's going to be with me. But he he acknowledges that I have this desire, and he's going to help me process the desire right. for biological children, one way or another. Right. Uh, for sure. Well, I even remember having a conversation like that with my friend. We were walking. It was kind of after a really hard doctor's appointment. Um, and I I remember her telling her, um, everyone's always known I loved any baby. You know, growing up, I always wanted to babysit. I would get calls from lots of people to babysit and loved babies. Mm. And I just remember telling her, like, 
what if this was the whole time the Lord preparing me to love someone else's baby? Mm-hmm. You I've know, and thoughts. so, and you know, maybe it was. I, I do love someone else's biological baby just like my own right now. And mm-hmm. so, um, he, I feel like he does use each part of your life. Each part of our lives are never wasted. Infertility, this time, even though it's so hard as you're walking through it, when I look back on it, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to have another biological baby. I don't. Right. Um, but it, I can say now it's not wasted, you mm. know? And so... God doesn't waste pain. <laughs> no, he doesn't. He doesn't. So um, what are some things that we can be doing mentally, spiritually during this time that it does feel so hard? So many great ones. Well, obviously being in the Word of God, right? Right, right. Um, I think it's so tempting to, when you're emotionally shutting down, want to shut down like, I don't want to be hurt by God. So like, yeah. I'm not ready to be in my word, but it's like the time that you really need to press in. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, I think communication with your spouse is extra important during this season. Right. Um, how, how about you? What are some of your, your go-to tips? Oh, well, those, that's definitely on the top. Um, I will say, I think you might've talked about it in the last podcast, but how or maybe even this one, I can't even remember. Um, <laughs> but you spoke about how it was hard to pray. Mm. And I went through that where I did not feel like praying. I did stay in the Word. It was hard for me to do that because it was almost like, I, I don't know where to start, Lord. Like, what do you want me to even read? You know, Um but uh, honestly, that's when I feel like he put it on my heart to start studying these different women in Scripture and how they struggled with infertility as well. And that is when I like to say I met Hannah because I had never really read her story um, before. But uh, another one uh, we talked about in the last podcast to be proactive, and that's you know doing the physical stuff. But um, also, I think being being proactive for your mental health Mm. and spiritual health is to be open and i i would never i'm not a huge on social media to just share any part of my story if you ask me to go have coffee with you and i will talk to you until your ears fall off you know like i might share a little too much but um i'm not saying to blast your story all over social media that's not something people you trust with people right i'm always um particular about the people i know that are going to be praying for Mm -hmm. me that i know will hold me accountable and honestly that i know will check on me Mm -hmm. and um the lord has blessed me with so many wonderful women in my life who did those exact things and that's who um, I would feel comfortable texting and saying, y'all, I'm just, I'm really not having a good day. Is there any way mm. you could just pray? Well, it wasn't me? until I shared an article with, with AFA and did a little, a little thing on fertility that I met you. Oh, it right, wasn't until right. I was willing to like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with some people knowing this, <laughs> but then God brought you and like having a believer who understood was so key to mm-hmm. me. And I've had a lot of believers really be huge, like good job, body of Christ, yeah. like check on me and you know. Um, that's, that's been so key, but, but with your spouse too, I think like, um, it's easy to, um, want to protect them. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I've had this where, you know, cause in in my situation, it's, it's my husband's, um, spinal cord injury that has caused some of our fertility problems. And I thought, I don't want to feel, make him feel bad or guilty. So for a while I felt like I couldn't express what I was feeling because I was like protecting him, yeah, you know? And then like, God was just like, he's a big boy. Like I'm, I've got his heart. If you're struggling with, I really want a baby today. Like I, 
you need to talk you to your to husband. You need yeah. to have that open communication. Because more than likely he knew something was <laughs> yes, going on that for day. Sure. He's like, she's yeah. being a jerk today. <laughs> I'd rather know why. <laughs> yeah. Wills said, he was like, there's just different times I can look back on and be like, just something wasn't right, you know. Um, and I do feel like the longer you go through infertility, I would never wish anyone years of going through infertility. Mm-hmm. Um, but the longer you do go, the easier those conversations, you know, become and you being able to say, kind of giving like words to your feelings that are going on on the inside. Cause mm-hmm. that's what I would worry about too. Like, does this make sense to anybody else? Like you've said before, yeah. like, and did you struggle with this or yes. was this just me? You know? Um, and so yeah, husbands for sure. If you allow them into this part of your life, I for sure think that um, it just is easier to walk through with them by your side. And having time to talk about it with them and also planning time with your spouse to not talk about infertility is so important. Date night, like there's no reason to be talking about what scheduling anything or when the next doctor's visit is. Just be in the moment. If you're able to just enjoy, Mm, enjoy each other and talk about other things that might not be so hard and daunting Mm -hmm. as infertility can be. Um, another thing is being gentle with yourself. What that meant for me was taking breaks from baby showers. Mm. I, we had women at church that I feel like completely understood. I didn't even have to say, hey, I'm not coming today because it hurts to be at your baby shower. Yeah. I feel like they just knew it hurts her to be at my baby shower. You know, I would still be happy for them. I would still usually send money to our Sunday school class to help cover the cost of a cake, you know, yeah. whatever that looked like. But um, I wouldn't attend all the time. I, I stopped going to church on Mother's Day, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. I haven't gone mm-hmm. in, I think it's been four years now. We'll probably um, have an episode just about some of those. I call them emotional landmines. Yeah. And Mother's <laughs> you know, Day like, would be You don't realize when you're like, Mother's Day is like everywhere well, you turn is a yes. landmine, an emotional. Yes. <laughs> Um, so that, that's one thing being, um, gentle with yourself. And honestly, this is, might be hard to some people. And it was kind of hard for me taking a break from all social media. I mean, like we don't always have to be in the know. And honestly, for moms, it's a social media is a great way to share what all your baby's been Mm -hmm. doing and how many poops they had in one day. And so (laughs) it's sometimes if if you're not, (laughs) if some moms share a little too much, I'm just kidding. Mom was out there. Uh, We love seeing your monthly Mm -hmm. pictures. I did that with our little our baby through foster care right now we call him mg and he has my full heart um but i, sh- I shared his monthly pictures sure. and um there's nothing so wrong there's, with that no there's nothing wrong but if you're struggling with infertility and you know that's a trigger each time you see that ginger reveal each time you see that mm-hmm. announcement that birthday party whatever as you get closer to Christmas, take a break. Mm-hmm. Take a break. Don't look block those people for a little while. Not because you're not friends with them anymore, but because it hurts to see those celebrations that I think we've talked about not being a part of for a well, little while. Social, yeah. First days of school pictures, those are yeah. tough when they're like, it first is. day of kindergarten and uh-huh. you're like, I want one. Yeah. <laughs> I um, want to walk one in. How does that feel? <laughs> I, I think with social media, it's important to remember that what you're seeing is the top five to ten percent of that person's life you're not seeing the meltdown in the corner (laughs) or at the grocery store or you know all of that stuff it's easy to struggle with jealousy for moms that have babies and have families because it looks so nice yes and i'm sure you know they're like there's a lot of glamorous things that are not not so glamorous you know um and and each stage of life has its own struggles and i'm sure those mamas out there would be like y'all didn't know that i didn't sleep at all the night before you know yeah so Um, it's all a part and how we handle it. But that, those are just some little things that I feel like to be gentle with yourself. Um, 
keep your heart from being bitter. Um, mm, that's hard. I know I have in my head, I'm like, that's so much easier said than done. But um, this is why we need to lean on Christ and desire him more than anything else than this mm-hmm. world has to offer even if that's our future babies. Mm -hmm. We need to love Christ more and desire Him more than what you're talking about, living in each nine months, than desiring that time, you know, that that baby's going to get to come. I remember doing that. I mean, it's not been that long ago. Um, I would literally think like, okay, well, if if we get pregnant this month, how will I tell my mom and dad that we're pregnant in the next few weeks? Oh, If we get pregnant this month, I mean, so many times. Oh, it didn't happen this time. Okay, but next month, you know, I'm I'm sitting here on my cycle this month and I'm already to the next month. Mm -hmm. If it happens next month, you know, and so, um, but it's, those are hard things that, um, you know, you might not think about if you've never struggled. So many little um, disappointments. And yeah. I love just crawling up in, in God's lap in my head. Yeah. And sometimes like, I wanted this. And, yes. you know, just like a kid a kid would come to their parent when they're <laughs> like, this mm-hmm. thing didn't ha-, And he understands and, and he gets hurts, that God. hurt. Yeah. Um, that's one way to not become bitter is, is to invite God into the grieving process with you. And when mm-hmm. I had our miscarriage, I was like, I can't grieve this without you. Like mm-hmm. you're the only one who truly can comfort my soul. Right. So I don't, I don't have the, uh, I can't be mad at you. I need you yeah. through this. One thing, um, this is kind of off topic, I guess, but uh, after our third miscarriage, um, honestly, at that time, things were actually still pretty new, all the lingo and doctor's appointments and medicines. And, um, I woke up one morning, one Saturday morning, and I told Will, I, I think I started crying. I was like, it's still going to make me cry. Um, mm. I told Will, I was like, God blessed me with the sweetest dream last night. Mm. And he was like, what, you know, what did you dream? And I said, I had a dream that all three of our babies were in three of our grandmama's laps. Mm. And they were rocking our babies. And I used, my grandmama, uh, you go get me, girl. Her, her, her name is um, her name was Martha Jane, and she. Mm. When I tell you, she was my best friend, my biggest supporter. That's what she was, and um, so anyway, um, I would always think because of her age and because of my age, and then us struggling to get pregnant, I knew that she probably wasn't going to be around to meet mm. my babies, and so I think. I feel like the Lord just let me see, like, hey, she got to meet your baby before oh, you did, and so. Anyway, that is why um, baby Jane will be born in January after Mm -hmm. um, my sweet grandmama. Um, But those are the kind of things that I feel like the Lord will do for you through these times. And when I say that those times aren't wasted because I have those stories Mm -hmm. that will always be a part of my life that I'm going to get to share with my future kiddos um, about that. I so appreciate your perspective on this show, having gone through infertility for so long and now having um, the Lord has given you a baby, you're (laughs) growing in your little womb um, and realizing how fertility still continues to affect you um, because, you know, that's huge and that's helpful for those of us to see it from a different mm. perspective and, well, thank and you. that's so helpful thank <laughs> you and I, I, I never I never want to lose that part of me and that sounds so weird to say because it seems like something you would just want to forget after your blessing is here mm-hmm. um but because I you don't understand those women until or those struggles unless you fully go through it yourself mm. and so um 
anyway, my heart just goes out to everyone um, who is still struggling and still desiring that baby. I can't tell you um, how much my heart goes out to you. And so that's why we're here. That's why we're mm-hmm. doing this. Um, we talked about going to counseling if you feel um, like you're not able to get those words out to friends or to your hubby like you might need. Or even so, there's nothing wrong with going to counseling. It can be a great thing. It's definitely um, if not you deal with a negative. Grief counseling right. is huge. Yes. So yes. important. And you bringing up grief, like... Mm-hmm. I feel like through this whole process is a grieving process. Mm -hmm. You are grieving the life that you thought you were already going to have. That's so true. And so I had to let myself do that literally each month, sometimes day by day, to just grieve that that baby's not here yet. And to recognize that that doesn't mean that you're not a good Christian because you're grieving. Christians are allowed to grieve. Uh It happens to us too. Scripture says the rain falls on the righteous and Mm -hmm. the unrighteous. Mm -hmm. Um, We are both affected by a world that the effects of sin and the fall um, exist and they they influence us um, yeah. one one scripture I'd like to share before we before we wrap up um, is Matthew 6:33 and we talked a little bit earlier about not giving into temptation but also not giving into or sorry not giving into anxiety but also not giving into being obsessed about this topic and just thinking and letting it control every aspect of your life and I think um, Matthew 6.33 really helps with that. It says, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. So if you keep your mind focused on seeking the kingdom of God, everything else falls into place. It doesn't mean you get what you always want, but um, God rightly orders our desires when we put Him first. And that that helps you from becoming obsessed. Well, that's all the time we have for today. You can follow us on Facebook and Instagram or email us at hannahsheart at afa.net. That's H-A-N-N-A-H-S-H-E-A-R-T at afa.net. Join us again next time on Hannah's Heart.